In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. First Sunday at Advent, you would think we'd be talking about the coming of Jesus at Christmas. Because after all, we just had Good Friday a couple days ago. I mean, Black Friday. That's different than Good Friday. And, uh, you know, everybody out doing shopping. Deborah went out on Black Friday. You'd have had to shoot me to get me out on Black Friday. But, you know, there's, there's all of this uh, preparation for the first coming of Jesus and so forth. But that's not where we are in the gospel lesson for today. We're starting at the end and working our way backwards. We're at the very end of Matthew, just two, three, four days before Jesus' crucifixion. And Jesus is telling everybody, stay awake, be ready, be alert, because you never know when the kingdom of God will break into your lives. People didn't know when he came the first time. He came in a, in a very obscure way, uh, in a small town, in a barn, put in a feed bunk. And the second time, everybody's going to know, but nobody knows when. And then it's in the meantime. How does the Lord God come to us in the meantime? Matthew is concerned about this because this is probably a gospel that's written maybe 30 years after Jesus ascended, give or take. And uh, people had thought that Jesus was coming back during the disciples' lifetime. They were all pretty well convinced of that. Jesus himself talked like that would happen. But he was very cautious in saying, but I don't know. Only the Father knows, and he's not telling. But people were beginning to get a little lax by this time. Thirty years, maybe, give or take, had gone by. Nothing had happened. And it's kind of hard to stay sharp after a while. Their sense of urgency was not quite there as it used to be. And if it is true, and it is, that their urgency was not there, imagine what it is for us, not 30 years gone by, but almost 2,000. We are numb to the whole subject. It's very hard to stand on tiptoes with your nose pressed against the window, waiting and waiting, and nothing happens. It's very difficult to keep your sense of urgency. And yet, Jesus is saying, that's exactly what you need to do. Because it's not just the first coming, it's not just the second coming, but you need to be living your life as if you know how it's going to end. Because you do. You need to be living in the present with your eye on the glorious future. So, it makes a difference if we know how things are going to turn out, how we live. As author Tom Long put it, if the dam upstream, 20 minutes upstream from you, suddenly breaks, now the Rembrandt painting on your wall is far less valuable than the rubber raft in your attic. So those things which look to be important don't turn out to be very important when you know what's going to happen. And this isn't a text that's meant to scare the willies out of us. Uh, this is, I, I was thinking about the Christmas song, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town. I think that's kind of how most Christians view Christ's second coming. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Because you get zapped. Uh, you better not cry. You better not pout. I, you know, you won't get the goodies. And I think that's how most Christians kind of look at Christ's second coming. Like, oh, oh. You, you're not going to get, you, 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 no, you didn't, you're not going to get it because you were crying and pouting and carrying on and doing other things. 
That's not what Jesus is saying. This is a section of God's promise to say, yeah, I know things are bad in the meantime, but remember, the Lord God is coming back and he will take his elect from all four corners of the earth and he will gather them and they will be with him forever. That's the message here. It's going to be unexpected, but still it'll be great. And a lot of life, of course, is unexpected. We're used to that. The unexpected heart attack, the unexpected death of a loved one, the unexpected breakup of a relationship, the unexpected tanking of a 401k. There's stuff all the time that's happening like that. And we may try to insulate ourselves against that by either having a good medical plan or a nice savings account or or we may just try to not take any risks and then you know we won't fail or won't get hurt and just kind of live a life of nothing. Or the technique that of course I worked with most of my career is that people just numb themselves with alcohol, drugs, food, sex, shopping and iPhones. Uh, you know, that just to try to just go numb with that. And, it, and none of it works. None of that works. The only thing that works is we remember that the Lord God is with us and the Lord God is for us. That's the only thing that works. We know how things are going to turn out. If we know, for example, that the Prince of Peace is coming back to judge the world, we might want to work for peace a little bit more in the world and in our country and in our families. If we know that the Lord of love is coming back, we might want to love the Lord and love other people a little more. If we know that Jesus is coming to judge the world with righteousness, we might want to be a little more righteous, that is to say, faithful. I was reading a uh, review, an interview, about an African-American pastor by the name of Calvin Butts in uh, New York's Harlem district. It's a terrible part of the city. His congregation is right in the heart of it. They were interviewing Pastor Butts, and they said, well, you know, you're doing a lot of good things here. You've got a food pantry, you've got a bank, because poor people don't trust regular banks, and they can't get loans at regular banks. So that's good. And you've got um, uh, child care, you've got Bible study course and, and worship and some other things that you're doing uh, in the community, and, and that's, you know, that's fine. But as he looked around and heard the gunfire and saw the prostitutes strolling by and the crackhead laying on the sidewalk, he said, uh, but really, I mean, what difference do you think you're ultimately going to make? What I wonder is, how do your people, how, do your, how can your people keep going on? And Pastor Butts looked him right in the eye and he said, well, we've read the Bible and we know how it ends. And that makes all the difference. We know how it ends. The Lord God comes to us in many ways. Comes to us first time, second coming. Comes to us in word and sacrament. But he also comes to us in the faces of people that we meet. One of the, uh, one of the uh, interesting and amazing things that happened to Deborah and I this past week, we were in Miami for the International Book Festival and in our hotel, every night they had a social hour. And you could have a little glass of wine or whatever you wanted to do or not. And just sit and talk to people, you know. So we, we went down and we were talking. And a girl, a young lady set from Miami said, uh, well, what are you doing here? Well, I'm at the book fair. I, my book is on addictions. That's what I've worked at my whole career. She said, oh, man. 
She said, my boyfriend drinks 10 beers to my one. I need that book. I've got to have that book. I'm beginning to think maybe I should be concerned. And I said, I'm beginning to think you should too. I'll run right up and get one. So I did. I brought a couple books back. Another couple was there from Toronto, Canada. And they said, do you think we should tell them or not? He said, yeah, I think we should. She said, you're not going to believe this, but 48 hours ago in Toronto, Canada, we were doing an intervention on my sister who'd been sober for 25 years, fell off the wagon and is in terrible shape now. We need this book. And so they were, you know, we talked about it more. And then she was a lapsed Lutheran. Um, he was agnostic, nothing. And so... Uh, after we talked a while, and so he said, this is just so coincidental that, you know, we would run into you and you would have this book and you would know what we're talking about. And we, this is just so coincidental. I said, right, coincidence, God acting anonymously. And he said, well, you got me there. <laughs> so we went down the next night. The same thing happened. We ran into a woman who had a daughter with an eating disorder, anorexia, and her mother had died of alcoholism. Her co-worker had a twin brother who was hooked on drugs and alcohol. Then we skipped a night. We went back the next. Same thing happened. We ran into other people who uh, wanted to, you know, they'd buy the book on Kindle or something. But they had uh, people they were concerned about. It happened every time we went down there and sat. And I thought to myself, self, maybe we shouldn't be going to the book fair. We should just spend all our time in the hotel lobby. People are going to come. God is putting people in our path in the hotel lobby. You just stay there. But that's part of Advent, that it's not just first coming, second coming. It's God putting people in our path now. Every day, he's, his, the kingdom is coming to us in the face of other people. And what we do with that depends on how much we believe what's going to happen in the end. Well, we've read the Bible, and we know how it ends. The world is going to make fun of us. The world is going to say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, the big apocalyptic wind-up. Yeah. They're going to pat us on the head. They're going to do all of that. But I say this. Let the cannons of this world fire away with all of the self-absorbed, pseudo-intellectual gobbledygook they can muster, and we will not stop loving. Because we know how it ends. Let the world scratch their heads about us taking care of the marginalized and the disadvantaged. And we'll keep on caring because we know how it ends. It ends with God. It began with God. And everything in the middle is God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.